Say It Skillfully is about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said, even at work. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Join Molly Chang today as together we break the silence and learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Hello, Molly here. Welcome to Say It Skillfully, helping you find the words to create shared reality in a way that's true to yourself. If you're tuning in live, I invite you to call in with a tough talk on your mind. The number is 866-472-5790. If you're international, you can call Collect at country code 1-480-398-3352. And a reminder, more help for you on my website, sayitskillfully.com. And I encourage you to check out my free mini course and get a head start and how you can speak up positively and productively in any situation. Now, I am thrilled to welcome our first caller from my neighborhood, Manhattan, Anna. Anna, thank you for joining me. Hi, Molly. Hi, this is Anna from Manhattan. <laughs> <laughs> You're so fabulous. I really appreciate your taking time because I'm sure you have a busy day. So I'm curious, Anna, what tough talk or situation is on your mind? Yes, I do have a question. So um, a little uh, about a year and a half ago, I was promoted. Um, so I'm a new manager and I work uh, in the design industry in a very corporate setup. Um, and sometimes I have to give feedback to my team, um, but it comes from my manager. And sometimes the feedback could be a little subjective and I might not agree 100%. Um, but I'm just curious to know if you have any insights on uh, how can I deliver that feedback from my manager to my team, even though I don't agree 100% with it all the time. Oh, really good one. That's a good one. Okay. First of all, yay. Kudos promoted to manager. Yay. yay. Awesome. Yeah. Really awesome. So I'm, I'm very proud of you. That's fantastic. Uh, okay, so this is great. So just tell me a little bit about your relationship with your boss, you know, how long, and do you feel like you're super tight? You know, you knew them well, don't know them well? Yes, uh, we have a very good relationship, a very professional one. We sometimes um, go on trips together uh, for work. Um, so we do have a good relationship, but I feel sometimes it just feels like the hierarchy is there. And um, it is hard sometimes to challenge uh, the status quo with certain things, like within the design aspect of things. Yeah, um, I can imagine that there's a lot of uh, personal pride and personal sense of right in something that could be quite, quite subjective. So I hear you on that. Um, so I got to take that on two angles and I'll just start first not advocating you do this, but to give listeners uh, an opportunity to push back a little bit with the boss when, when we think that that's going to land. So it might be, and I'll just call uh, Sarah the boss. So, so Sarah, uh, so I appreciate you, uh, hear you loud and clear that Tom needs, uh, that you'd like me to pass on this feedback to Tom, right? So like, I hear you and I'm here to do it. I'm wondering if I could, uh, offer a different point of view and uh, talk it through because I think in some ways I don't see everything that you see. You may see things that I don't see. Pause. You had to ask for permission. Now they may be like, no, I don't care, Anna. It doesn't matter. You're okay. Okay. That's great. They're the boss and they're the decision maker and you want to be at peace with that. If I'm the boss, I, I would hope I would say, you know, let's, let's hear it. And so I think the idea of saying, I can imagine, I, I see the passion and I see the consistency of how we've done things in the firm, you know, let's say from a design standpoint, and there can be a lot of positive. I could imagine that when I deliver this feedback that Tom will feel that, you know, the wings are clipped and that it isn't showing, you know, we say we're going to be innovative and creative or what have you, and it will have an opposite effect. So again, you're not putting your judgment on it. You might be saying, I see why you think, think that's the case and how it serves. I also could imagine how when Tom receives this, it may not land in a way that helps him feel the valued way we want him to land. So let me just pause there. How's that sound? 
That sounds good. Yeah, I really <laughs> appreciate that. <laughs> so I just want folks to, you know, as managers, it's there's a there's a fine line. We know who our bosses are, and we need to follow our bosses for sure. And we are being paid to think, and we are being paid to share our our perspectives, um, and they may be very different. And that's the the brilliance of harnessing the diversity at work. So I want to empower folks again in this skillful way to bring it up. And by the way, if the person does accept, you then want to do this positive acknowledgement. Wow. I want you to know it was a little bit scary for me to come to you. I really appreciate how that was handled, even if you didn't agree with me. So realize that bosses are people too, and you're having positive reinforcement to them helps normalize perhaps a different behavior they're not used to have. Okay. So are we good on the boss, Sarah? Yeah. Great. Okay. So now here we have Tom, your beloved Tom. And let's say that you aren't fully on board. You had the conversation with Sarah. It was not going to go anywhere. And so I think the, the to be true to ourselves, one could say, look, you have to take the party line, agree completely, and you need to do that. I can see that at times, if you think that's organizationally the right thing to do, you're there to help support the whole, Anna. So that's your call. However, the, the world is a lot of gray. So you could say, Tom, I'm going to send some feedback to you. And I want you to know, I can see the point of view. I'm not undermining it. I can also see how it's not the full point of view. I wanted to just let you know, though, because so, I think there's a way that we can all be better for it. So, so, so setting it up, you're not undermining that the feedback is completely out to lunch. However, you're not also just being untrue to yourself. And you're just establishing that, hey, sometimes there's gray and we're in a subjective industry. Design is clearly subjective. And then you might deliver the feedback and then, you know, how that land and then give Tom a chance to communicate what's going on for him, um, if he has questions. And then I think it's fair, Anna, to, to, to say, you know, I think sometimes it's good to have the direct input and create relationship, the skip level. And so that's also a thing that you might suggest if you think that that serves the individuals and the whole. So let me pause there. How's that land? That That is very helpful. I actually like um, the idea of like not coming from an angle that I'm not undermining uh, the message, but also like acknowledging there are some great shades in between and giving the other person the um, ability to express any concerns. I, I think that's, that's smart. Okay. That's fantastic. I want to offer how you, how Anna shows up is pro is probably 80% of how well it goes. So that idea of like, what, what's my role here? Well, as a manager, you have the privilege of helping someone be their best. And that's a real privilege with that comes responsibility. So stand tall. You're doing something that's really necessary to help people develop and that, you know, you may not have had as much as you would have liked, right? but, but they're saying, I'm at least going to try to do my best to support my people in, in a way that I feel great about. So to that end, the idea of giving a gift to someone, even though it might be hard news to swallow, can help you, I think, stand taller and deliver messages in a way that has confidence and compassion combined, right? We wouldn't want to say, well, you know, here it is. And I'm, I'm on board, but I can see how, you know, that you see that tone a little, a little bit like eh, not exactly super confident. So that's something that can take some practice and it takes being very grounded in oneself. And when you have solid purpose, it can really help that. So let me just pause there. Yeah. Um, like you said, uh, being a manager has its responsibilities, of course, and taking taking that role into mentorship and delivery, I think is something we should always think through. Um, I agree. Yeah. Thank you for that. I, I appreciate your openness to that. I just think sometimes people think of, and again, there's nothing wrong with feedback. I noticed this happened and maybe there was a negative uh, effect and it's fine to kind of hash that through. To the extent that you could word things in what I would call feed forward, of course, 
crediting Marshall Goldsmith, my mentor, is such a great way. Like, what would you wish to happen? And so here's an aspiration, a way to inspire people, how they can be better, a growth opportunity. Again, feedback is a gift, not a hammer. You know, you're not trying to pound them. And that takes some, that takes some real proactive thought on how you might word things. So let's just say someone was cutting someone off. They're just always cutting someone off in meetings. And I'm, by the way, folks, I'm guilty of that. So that lands for me. Say, you know, Tom, I'm noticing you have a lot of energy and I really appreciate your ideas. Um, I think one of the things we all need to do is create space for everybody. So Tom's looking at you. So Tom, here's what I'm thinking. When people are going, know that just like you, they have a thought on their mind. We want to let them finish. And then you can jump in. So I'd love to see you create space for your colleagues to finish. And then, you know, welcome to take the baton and share what your thoughts are versus stop talking so much. Now, sometimes you have to beat them on the hammer because that actually is a tough habit for people. But I just want to offer you thinking about that on both ways and to, to as a leader, to figure out what's going to land best for your uh, teammate so that they'll hear it and have the highest chance of actually doing it. So let me pause there. How's that land for you? Yes, I would like to also know your thoughts and when providing more direct feedback like that, but coming from a, a empathetic uh, point of view as well, would you say that having a private conversation is better or there's also ways to do it in a team space? Because sometimes that could also be tough to deliver depending yes. on the scenario. Yeah, I love this. So there's my here's my ideal. My ideal is a leader has set up with the team. Hey, team, we're all here doing our best. I, I know that uh, my job is to help all of us grow, including myself. So first and foremost, I want to put this out there that if you see things that I'm doing or saying that may not be landing well for you or, you know, I'm unaware that it's having uh, an impact that I don't think, I'm asking you to please let me know. And I promise you what I'm going to say is thank you. You know, it, it, there can be differences of point of view, but the leader creating the space that you want to hear it, even if it's tough, is a real show, I think, to the team that you value them. So that's not easy for leaders to do lots of times. And I know a lot of t t leaders expect that they, they want that. They haven't articulated that. So it's just really putting it out there and then when someone does disagree or someone gives you feedback, you respond in a way that says, gosh, thank you so much. I wasn't aware. To clarify, here's what I intended. And in if there is a disconnect, but generally you just want to say thank you. You just want to say thank you. And that's super empowering to the team. So if you set that up with yourself, you might just say, and team, I want us to think about this as growth. For the team to grow, I know I have to grow. I have to be able to step it up. And for each of us to grow, that means some change. When we make change, we can make the change. I mean, I could make a change and become, you know, more patient. But in order for me to be successful, the rest of the team has to also give me the opportunity to be more patient. So we need each other to succeed in change, even if it's an individual change, because it is far harder to change people's perceptions of us than it is to make the change itself. So that would be my ideal for folks. If you can establish that kind of dynamic where we're helping each other, where we're embracing the areas that we need to grow and develop. Again, this is growth. No one is wrong or broken. We're trying to find more range for how people can uh, communicate, do their work, et cetera. If you set that up, then I think it's a great, you, you can create opportunities. I'm noticing this, Amy. I just want to call this out for everyone's benefit. The words you used were fine. Here's a way that might be that might have gone better for the client. What do we all think? So if you can establish that environment, and I, I have a few leadership teams actually I've worked with that have gotten to that point, it's just spectacular because everywhere everyone realizes, you know, nobody's trying to be perfect. No one is perfect. And we all see things differently and we can really benefit by having everybody's points of views. So I've said a lot. Let me pause. How's that landing? I love that. I think that was a very um, insightful um, way of putting it, both in like a more private and more um, public setting. And um, 
Yeah, I just love yeah. that. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. And on the private thing, I just want to say, if you haven't set up the norm, then you pull someone aside and say, hey, I know you mean well, right? So you want to start with an acknowledgement uh, and something you know that they are doing well because uh, they're unlikely to be trying to screw up deliberately, okay? So if you have that going on, you have a different problem. So, so acknowledge them so that they can hear you and say, I'm here to help support you. I'm noticing something that I don't think may not be landing the way you think or ha is having unintended consequences with the team. So I want to work with you on this and help you through it. So you share it and then it's always, you know, how did that land and how can I be supportive? Now, if it's something you think can be instructive for the team, you say, you know, Steve, would it be okay if we share this as the team? Because I think there's a lot of learning for us and it would help kind of, uh, insert some vulnerability into the group, which I think would help us. So if you ask for permission, that can also be an effective way to have one person's learning be the whole team's learning. I love that. It's, <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty good. Thank you. That's fantastic. You have been a charm. I want to ask you, we've covered a lot. Is there a particular top takeaway you have, Alana? Um, yes, I, I think, uh, there are a few things that stuck with me. One was um, making sure that um, we come across as much as humane as possible because we're also bosses. Um, we also have a boss and that we just want it all to just grow within their roles. Um, and I also like the way that you explain how to take real life uh, learnings and also uh, take them to the team at large because that's a great way for everyone to learn um but asking for permission um is something that i think we should all do and as simple as it sounds sometimes we don't consider it in those terms so it's a good reminder fantastic i am cheering for you so really a year and a half in i can see there's a lot of upside you know how to reach me anna if i can be helpful in any way shape or form you let me know. I really appreciate you calling in and being a big part of the solution and uh, you take good care. Thank you, you as well. Have a great day. You too, ciao, ciao. Ciao. That's so great. See these people, having managers willing to grow, putting it out there, I love it. And I wanna encourage listeners out there to do the same. Okay, I am excited that we're heading down the coast now to North Carolina, the Raleigh, area and a big hello to Brennan. Brennan, welcome to Say It Skillfully. Hi there. How's it going? Uh, it could be, couldn't be more fabulous. I'm talking to you. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great. Doing great. Thank you for asking. Thank you for having me. Uh, well, it's uh, my pleasure and I'm sure you're also super busy, Brennan. So uh, what's top of mind for you? Uh, top of mind for me actually uh, really pertains to something that um, the last speaker just uh, kind of hit on is uh, my operations, uh, my office manager, um, it, she had a conversation with me uh, yesterday and said that she was going to be leaving the company um, because she wanted to pursue a career in design. And um, she said, I didn't really know how to approach it with you because I get really, really nervous. Um, and I think if you come at it from, uh, uh, you know, uh, a, uh, a direction of, of uh, listening rather than speaking, God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason, um, uh, you know, better results will be achieved. And um, she left. Um, we ended the call um, with both of us with a smile on our face because I knew that she wanted to grow in a different area. And I know I knew that she wanted to follow her passion. Um, but now I'm without an office manager. Oh, boy. So kudos to you for and I appreciate her being nervous, but turning her nervousness into something where she and you left uh, in a positive way. Um, I, you know, I, 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 tell us a little bit about your, um, your organization. Do you have a lot of team members? How big is your group, Brennan? Yeah, so I, I own and operate a, uh, a painting company, Raleigh Paints and Improvement, and I have um, 18 employees. 
Um, and nine of, uh, 12 of them are painters and six of them are office, uh, uh, workers, um, managers and operations and, and marketing and things like that. Um, but, uh, we're still very much so, uh, a very young company. We're still a, a, a little sproutling that's just broken the surface just under two years old. We'll be two years old in October. And um, uh, we're really growing, you know, at a at a fast rate right now. Um, and I want to make sure that we're not growing too fast, and I don't take on too much business, so we don't uh, spread ourselves too thin. Well, kudos to you! I love the entrepreneurial spirit. That's spectacular. Um, so let's go back to our office manager situation. I am curious. She said she was very nervous. And is that, and I'm, I'm not, I'm not advocating. I'm just kind of asking, is there any, was that more on her side that she was nervous or in hindsight, do you think that they're, you know, cause the boss, people don't realize this. People are just kind of not nervous of the boss, no matter how like nice you see him or what have you. There's certain, certain fears, I think just in general about bosses. So I'm wondering if that caused you to think, huh, is there anything that, would have changed her being nervous on your end um, or if that really was just something that she was, was on her. Uh, it was, I think it was because she was a family friend and she didn't want to leave things on bad terms um, because, you know, we're probably going to see each other at, at Christmas dinner when our families gather together and she doesn't want to see me and, and, you know, me hate her, her hate me. And so she kind of wanted to leave it. I think she was nervous uh, about have me, you know, kind of slamming down the hammer and saying, well, why would you abandon me like this? And in a time where we're growing very fast and this is my passion and this is my life and, and this is everything to me. Uh, and I'm quitting essentially. Um, and I think she was nervous about saying that and, and, and leaving at the time where we are right now in the business cycle. Um, she, I, I think that's where the nervousness uh, originated from. Okay. So that's totally understandable. And I can see, I can hear it in your voice. Someone's very calm. You're very present. So I can see how she was able to talk it through. And for folks who are listening, if you were the person who was leaving, you could imagine this. So uh, I could, I could imagine uh, someone leading with a lot of gratitude and appreciation. Um, and you can even be transparent with your, your fear, right? If this is a fear, say, oh, you know, the most important thing is that as people, as family, friends, we preserve this relationship and just let that person know, the boss know that that's what matters most. And obviously that's what you care about most. And also acknowledging, I think this could, you know, be really hard for the company and I'm sorry for that. And I feel I need to pursue what's really right for me. And that, you know, it might be a hard pill for the boss to swallow, but as, as Brendan, you role modeled, you, you get it because we want the right thing for, for people over time. And that's what we want to celebrate. Um, Brandon, how did you respond when she first told you? Um, I, w it, I got a text from a number that I didn't have uh, in my phone. So I, was, I, so I called it and it, it was Maggie. It was her personal cell phone number. And um, I, I, was, I was surprised because when she first came aboard, uh, she said, yeah, my boyfriend is going to you know, graduate from Alabama and he's moving to Raleigh and I plan on staying in Raleigh and I plan on staying, you know, in the, in the area for a while. So I thought it was, you know, from the beginning, it was going to be a very a lasting relationship um, to help us grow together. And um, to hear it, it was shocking. It was shocking to hear that she wanted to uh, that she wanted to leave. Um, but you know, my first instinct is, uh, I'm a, I'm a ready shoot aim kind of guy. Uh, so I try to, uh, 
you know, pause and think about what I'm about to say before I actually say it. Um, and my first response was to say, you know, what the heck, why, why would you do this? But as we talked about, um, it really was because she wanted to pursue a passion uh, that she had that wasn't in line with, uh, with what I had. And that's okay. That's, that's totally okay. Yeah, that's fantastic. So uh, a couple things to call out. I think that notion of being connected to our uh, team members and their passions and lots of times at work, we get very into the task and we're doing the task to be able to build in time to be connected and appreciate what are people's passions. And for sure, things change, folks, right? So we're not saying this is something to prevent, but just being in sync with what moves people. Um, one, it's really great because the person feels heard, they feel honored that their boss cares enough to know this. And you can potentially, you know, help people grow in jobs or grow in ways that are really going to play to their passions, which is something that, you know, as you're seeing now, people want to be able to go pursue. So I just think that is a, a nice call out to, to not feel like it's ever a waste of time to get to know your team and what really moves them. Uh, Brennan, let's shift gears a little because I'm curious the messaging to the rest of the organization, you know, at, at the size that you're at, how do you, how did you message that? Yeah. Um, so, uh, I, I guess, how do you mean, uh, like what is our, so, so our, our, our core values are transparency, integrity, and pride. We're painters. It's not, it's not really rocket science. Um, it's, but we do it to a level of, uh, we're transparent with our prices. Um, we are honest um, and we show up when we say we're going to show up and we do what we say we're going to do. I'm not some, I'm not some guy where you look at and say, wow, he's just out of my league. He's totally way smarter. He's using words that are just, you know, beyond my comprehension. It's, it's very simple thing, very simple things that I just use in, in daily basis. Take the word no out of, out of your vocabulary entirely. And, um, you know, uh, you know, we bring uh, exquisite quality service uh, at competitive prices, and uh, we've maintained that uh, through throughout the lifetime of our business so far. Um, knock on wood. Um, but uh, yeah, it's transparency, um, telling the client what's going to happen, uh, what we did yesterday what we're going to do today, what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, and we're going to finish in two days, for example, constant communication, uh, very, very um, on top of client care, no client left behind. I, no business would fail uh, with, with happy clients. So if I just focus on, making sure that my clients are happy at the end of the day, um, then that's what really matters. And that doesn't mean we don't make mistakes. We make mistakes all the time. Um, we just repair them and, and we, we, uh, we remedy those mistakes um, so that the client knows that we actually do care about them and we do care about their home because at the end of the day it is their home and they are going to be looking at those walls every single day and we want them to be happy with their home we want to turn their house into their home so that when they walk and they can put their feet up and and uh and and be proud that you know we were able to uh we were able to serve them my goodness you are mr skillful and what a great example organizations from you know five people to five hundred thousand people i am blown away brandon that's spectacular seriously you could write that down and we would put it on a wall anywhere and it would be great uh words to work and live by um you know you mentioned mistakes and i just get this groundedness you know we own it can you share with listeners a mistake that happened and then how exactly how you kind of worded it 
with the client? I think that would be very helpful for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, where do I start? Uh, well, no, when we started, uh, uh, nobody told us to put um, plastic over the $6,000 leather couch um, when we were painting the ceilings above it. Um, and so paint got all over this couch and uh, it was, they were, uh, needless to say, the client was very unhappy with it, especially it being brand new and they had just gotten it delivered. Um, that was a, that was a tough, that was a tough, uh, experience. And, um, I, I kind of, I went to the client after speaking with some mentors and, and I came up with, uh, you know, a couple of solutions. I said, here, look, I can, I can try and, uh, hire, um, an, an, an upholstery person and repair it. I can buy the couch off you right now. Um, or I can give you uh, $3,000 cash uh, just right now and we just call it even. Um, and I ended, up buying, uh, I ended up buying the couch and I'm, I'm very much so old school, you know, my handshake, my, my word is my bond. Um, and I bought the couch and we were 6,000 down and then I had to, I had to, uh, you know, also pay my employees uh, for that. But it, it comes back to the ownership of your mistakes, taking complete ownership of of everything that that we do, even even if it wasn't necessarily my fault. It is my responsibility to make sure those clients are happy. So, you know, even if you get a, a knock to the face, uh, you got to just pick yourself back up and, um, and keep rolling. Well, really great lesson learned and, um, a, a client that will really appreciate you. I mean, I, I know those things, but I think that what doesn't kill us makes us stronger. And those, uh, mistakes, those learning moments can really help deepen strengthen relationship. Um, I'm going to get back to this communication with the team. And I meant, you know, when the office manager is leaving, and why she was leaving, I'm curious how you communicated that uh, to the team. Um, I, this ha- occurred yesterday. So. <laughs> Good, we're real time, real time. How we? Uh, can- yeah, I, I, uh, I've yet to actually do that. Um, this happened last evening around seven o'clock or so. Um, and, uh, I just, we start, uh, we start jobs at 9am. So I actually haven't, haven't gotten around to it yet. Yeah. Okay. So what do we, let's talk it through real time. What's the end date? Uh, the end date is, um, so I did it a little differently. I, I, so I said, um, I told her that, so we, fortunately I, I, we have somebody to replace her. So we, we solved that issue, but I put the ball in her court. Um, and because we kind of talked through it and she saw the, you know, the empathy that I expressed, she was more willing to help, uh, than to hurt the company. And so she said, I'm going to train this person to do, um, everything that I did and, and do it even better than me. Um, and, uh, and and it empowered her to to really kind of take the reins on it, and so um, she was she's she's helping the company. She's continuing to help the company. Um, but what I said is, uh, whenever you Maggie, I I I innately trust people. It sometimes comes to bite me, um, but um, I said Maggie. I'm going to put the ball in your court. Whenever you feel that Emily has all the tools in her toolbox, all the ingredients to bake the cake, whatever analogy you want to use, then we can say, then we can pat, then you can say, all right, Brennan, Emily is 
completely trained up. She's ready to go. Um, and, um, I'm going to be leaving. Um, and I told her to give me uh, a one week notice. Wow. Wow. So just an example for listeners, when you're leaving a job and you step up to really fill the hole and help however you can, you know, this is just, you know, forget that you happen to be the family friends. This is just a way to really honor relationships. So when you can do what you can, can not leaving people in a lurch, that's your reputation that travels with you. And that's just awesome. I also think you can feel, you know, she, Maggie can feel really good at night thinking that this is how she was able to do what's right for her and to support you. So that's a total win-win. I love that. Um, so a thought, do you, would this be an email? Does, does do painters go email text? Because I want to throw out an opportunity. Again, it may seem like a tough thing. I think it could be a like a bittersweet message to the team, a way to honor Maggie, you know, wishing her well, cheering for her, her cheering her passion. And then also how she stepped up to make sure that, you know, you could argue we're even better, right? And that's a great message to to send and uh, could potentially reinforce your your culture, Brennan. Yeah, I, I that that's a great idea. Um, you know, maybe uh, yeah, it would probably be through text or or in person. Um, you know, when they come into the office into the morning, just you know, everybody just you know, you know maybe just say thank you for your help uh you've been, she's been pivotal she's been really really helpful and and paramount to the operations of the business uh day to day and she's helped my painters more than they know um so just maybe uh, articulating to thank her for what she's done even though they may not really have seen uh you know what she does or or has done um just to thank her for what she's done for the business personally yeah i love that i think that you the in-person thing works if people come in i could see you and i i just would use it as a real opportunity you have this in, in transparency integrity pride you can use this situation is how you're being transparent about it. And, you know, one thing, you know, people don't know if they don't know. So if they're behind the scenes things that she's doing and also other people are doing, you know, they're seeing how uh, she's being treated, how she's treated you. It sets a great example for your organization. And, you know, just one idea, and I, I've done this a lot, but the ability to go around the room, whoever's there and say, you know, how about as you send her off one, one thing you appreciate about her and you let everyone kind of share their voice um, and turn something that, you know, really into a, a great positive celebration of, of what she's already done for you. That's a great idea. That's a great idea. It's uh, really fun. I want to, I want to encourage that. And you know, you have a business where I think there's a lot of things that people may not know other people do. And from time to time say, Hey, let's do a quick thing. What do you appreciate about a teammate here? And, you know, the, the most successful teams have a high degree of positivity, even when they go through tough times, even when they go through tough times. And I can hear in your voice how you are someone who really appreciates people. Brennan, that's really obvious. So this is would just be very natural, I think, for you. Yeah, that's a. I mean, yeah, like I said, that's a great idea. Um, the 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 trust that I put in people and the the we're a family. Uh, it's very much so, you know, I don't, I do not, you know, um, treat my, my painters or any of my employees, um, uh, with disrespect or disregard or, or any, any negative, uh, negative disrespect. Um, so, um, being able to, you know, show that, that show Maggie, that she really has made an impact is going to really empower her in the future going forward when she does go to, uh, you know, the design into the design, whatever company she decides to interview for, she'll have that, um, that backing of all these people said, you know, thank you so much for doing this. 
you're really great at this and and we really really appreciate you doing this so i think that's a great idea for two reasons for the immediate it being her you know her being her uh, feeling affirmed um giving affirmation uh to her uh, in the immediate uh future and then going for next interviews um you know she didn't know that people do like her and i get calls from clients saying my goodness maggie she is she is just the best she bonds so sweet and she's amazing um i have in that moment yes um and uh it's great um what kind of she's had and I really do wish the best for her yeah you're caring for people it just comes through and I just want to cheer you on to keep doing that and to your point sometimes it may bite you where you you know offer trust and it's taken advantage of but over time that's going to really serve you you are a superstar I wish I could spread you all over corporate America <laughs> really spectacular Brennan, uh, we did cover a lot. Is there a particular top takeaway you have? Uh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, no. Th that that what you described was something that I did not have the perspective of. Was um, showing appreciation for people that uh, are leaving a business that are that are leaving. Um, maybe not in the best of times but still showing appreciation to the work that they have done in the past to help the company grow. Love it. I love it. Okay. I am cheering for you more than you could possibly know. And I really appreciate your calling in and helping us learn from you. And you, my friend, are a big part of the solution in the world. So you take good care. Anytime I can be helpful, Brendan, don't hesitate. Okay. Thank you so much. Bye, ciao. All right. Okay, folks, the world is going to be better with people like Brennan. Wow. Okay, I have a little Molly mini class for you on the topic of change. Uh, with years of dealing with COVID, you know, the saying change is a constant seems to be most everybody's experience. And at work, whether you're formally in leadership or an individual contributor, I wanted to share a helpful framework for enrolling everyone in a change so that you maximize your chance of success. I hear often change is hard. Well, it maybe it is, but it can be a matter of attitude or even a judgment. So one's attitude on it can make a big difference. And I'd love folks to feel enrolled in change, not something is being done to us. So here are four conditions to help you succeed in change. First, new information enters your system or your organization. That's the who, the what, the when, the where, the why. What's prompting a need for change? Two, a sense of shared purpose around the change. Three, participation. Everyone has opportunity to give input about how the change will occur. And then four, process. Everyone understands how input will be used, uh, how final decisions are made, who makes them. So I just want to cre credit this simple change theory to Margaret Wheatley. She's an amazing organizational researcher, consultant, writer, speaker. So again, new information enters, shared purpose, participation, and process. So I just want to take this through in a little bit more detail from two angles. So leaders, ideally, you're upfront and clear on all this. Seems obvious. However, Leaders are often in the full flow of information, super easy to take for granted what team members know when they don't really know it. So the obvious sharing of the new information that's leading to the change is really vital. For the shared purpose, often organizations have a bit of a silo orientation. There can be a win-lose feeling between departments. A group might be making, let's say, a process change in the short term is a real bummer for finance, but in the long term supports the whole. The leader's attitude helps everyone see the long term win and being transparent about 
the finance folks doing double duty, taking you know one for the team and acknowledging that is really huge. The participation piece. So there's times when, I mean, this sounds very unicorns and rainbows, you know, it's not, change isn't so organized, it's not so pre-planned. Perhaps command and control is the way to go. If that's the case, right, and you're the leader, you're making the call, being transparent with it can really help the team appreciate why you're doing that. Maybe it's an email, you know, or a quick uh, voice message. Team, wish we had the luxury of time to get more input. It's not the case. I appreciate your trust and support to do X, Y, or Z, and I'll debrief with you later. So on the last step process, just clarifying that, you know, you're getting input. Uh, it's great. And this is who's making the decision. And I'm just going to quote Marshall Goldsmith again. We all have to make peace with who the decision maker is. The decision maker is the decision maker. And if we're not okay with that, then you need to think about perhaps this isn't the right place for you. There's some thoughts for leaders and just helping people uh, feel a part of the process and being more successful. I want to spend a little bit on the rank and file. Okay. So new information. Let's just say you've got a leader and you're not really clear. So you're like, how do I speak up here? This is kind of scary. It might sound like this. Scott, I see how vested you are in this change and I appreciate what you're sharing with us. For me, I'm not fully clear on X. With better understanding, I can do my best to support all of us. So could you please connect the dots a bit more on X, Y, Z so I understand? Okay. If you have a question and it's not clear to you, I guarantee you are not the only one. And that will help the leader actually share the information so that everyone is on board. Okay. And on the second part, just the shared purpose part, um, you know, with the whole silo thing, I'm just going to offer, if you're on the winning side, if, if you're perceiving that, be gracious, right? And, and, and let's say your team gets more headcount than another team, because that's really deemed the right thing. You know, just help people uh, show them that you really appreciate that. And how can you help other teams, right? Show some humility and, uh, and show that you're really a big team player. Okay, I have, uh, Jose, I hope that's helpful on change. Uh, welcome any questions on that. And then I have one scenario. I'm not going to solve for it, but I really want folks to think about this because it's really top of mind for me. And it's on the topic of diversity. And my question to you is, are we thinking about this in a zero-sum game? Are we thinking about diversity as win-lose or all can be better? And I know the kind of obvious answer should, oh, we're all better. But I don't know that I see that in how people are thinking and their actions. And I want to offer each of us looks at our own behaviors and attitudes and tries to be a little bit more a part of the solution. So I have had many, I would say, older white male friends come to me, you know, kind of desperate look in the eye. Molly, you know, I can't say X. They really feel that they can't speak up. I see a dynamic where we may have empowered some voices, you know, whether they're underrepresented minorities or women, et cetera, and inadvertently kind of muzzling others. This is not helpful. There may be some eye rolls out there, right? But I, I really want to encourage doing our best to integrate all groups. For sure, I have personally benefited from women's leadership development, absolutely in need uh, for such focus. The best way for all of us to move forward together, though, is to get a better standing of each other, which means being with each other. So I think about this as dominant group, non-dominant group, and sometimes for the non-dominant group, you may have had decades where you feel like you've experienced inequity. I got that. I'm not wishing that on you or on us. I do, though, sometimes hear almost a celebration if the dominant group is called out. Well, it's about time kind of energy. So I just want to offer, show some grace, some humility, um, try our best to put ourselves in each other's shoes and um, not to gloat. You know, I think some people have been through tough situations. It can be hard for them to see their way out of it, show compassion when that's the case. Um, the, you just heard from Brennan, the listening, um, showing caring, maybe not jump so much to solving, but just showing that and having that energy. So I'll continue this conversation um, at a future time, but I wanted to put that out there for folks. Uh, my thought for the week, and I'm going to credit Meg Wheatley again on this, we can change the world if we start listening to one another again. Simple, truthful conversation where we each have a chance to speak, we each feel heard, and we each listen well. 
And that is a wrap. Thank you for tuning in. Please be part of the solution and kindly share this show. Reflect on your top takeaways and know I'm cheering for you to be who you are and say what needs to be said so that you and those around you have a shared reality essential to make the best decisions, execute with speed and achieve outstanding outcomes at work and in life. Homelessness is a problem that's more costly to ignore than solve. The U.S. spends $12 billion a year responding, but resources alone aren't enough. I'd like you to know there are cities and counties proving what does work. Partnering with Community Solutions, a nonprofit I'm on the board of, more than 80 communities around the country are succeeding in ending homelessness, beginning with chronic and veteran homelessness. They convene local leaders around data and are changing how they work and spend their resources. So homelessness becomes rare. More than half have already reduced the number of people experiencing chronic and veteran homelessness with commitment to get to zero. What can you do? Visit www.built40.org and see whether your community is engaged. Contact your mayor and ask, do you know the number of people experiencing homelessness in real time? Do you know every homeless person by name? What are you doing to drive measurable reductions in homelessness? Please challenge the fiction that says homelessness is an intractable problem. Thanks for listening to Say It Skillfully with host Molly Chang. Join us again for more ways to say it skillfully next Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow Molly on LinkedIn and Twitter. Check out SayItSkillfully.com and sign up so you don't miss her latest 90-second video. And please, be part of the solution. Kindly tell others about this program so they say it skillfully too. 